Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are the facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcast app, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, whatever it is that you do on Spotify, please do that. As always, it's Jay and it's Welly, and yes, we are back. What up, boy? Say, uh, you, you've been out outside recently, and me personally, yeah, I haven't put on real clothes in like two months now. So what does the outside world really look like? Well, uh, shout out to my uh, godson, Cinco. He turned three on Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo, clearly. Um, and when I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't dress up. I, I pretty much had on like workout clothes, but I had some nice shoes on. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a mask that my mom gave me. So, you know, I went to like the northeast side of our town. You know, you you know that as Humble, actually your old apartment complex, and um, I chill with them. And before we went, you know, we had we had stopped by a CVS, and the the, the CVS it's a big ass sign in front of the CVS that said masks are mandatory. And I'm like, cool, I'm in Harris County, so I understand that. So I had a mask on me just in case, because once again, for you people out there listening, I do I do think that the masks are sort of bullshit. But I'm a respectful person. If I don't want to be insensitive, but if, if it was a situation where I'm just walking the street, I'm in a public area, I feel like that's unnecessary. But walking into a private vicinity and they're telling me I need to wear a mask, and if I really need to go in there, I'm going to go in there with a mask. Well, I did wear a mask, and as I went in there with a the mask, me and my homeboy pretty much were the only people in there with a mask. <laughs> Nobody else was wearing a mask, but like maybe two or three other people were like, what the fuck? And eventually I just slid that hole off and it was like, whatever. So, um... So after that, I met up um, with uh, JJ little brother at the spot uh, Spanish Flower, and um, it, I think they were operating at twenty five percent capacity. Uh, and the only thing that that was different to me was when, before you walked in, they had this uh, a hand wash station. You had they wanted you to wash your hands before you came in. I thought that was pretty cool, but I also thought that was pretty dirty at the same time. But it was like it is what it is. Um, to, to once again to make y'all if y'all if, if that makes y'all happy cool i went in there a decent little crowd like i said only people that had on masks were the servers and the waitresses and stuff so that was a decent vibe and then um i did go out the other night for a little bit and um even when i when i went out it was it was brief but nobody in there had a mask on got a couple of drinks was just chopping it up with an old friend and then that I mean, it was a, it was, it was like, it was surreal in a sense because if you consume some of social media, you'll believe that there is no way we would be here right now. But if you've been fucking with Welly F and J, you got to understand that we've been new. Like <laughs> we knew, we already knew that after this shit was declared like close to over, we knew that people were going to start binging again, like, as soon as they could. Like, I went on my bike ride, and it's a cigar bar that's not far from me, and that motherfucker, the patio was packed. And, like, you know, obviously you have your sadistic motherfuckers out there that are, like, hoping that people die because they want to live their regular lives. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, to answer your question, I mean, shit, shit is going back to what I would call a natural normal. Like, it looks... It, it's, it's, it's lighter, but... It is, people are doing their same thing again. Like that's what they, that's what they were programmed to do. Normal shit. And I'm not even gonna talk about what I've seen on social social media over this past over the past weekend. Like I've been seeing like backyard parties. I've been seeing like I've been seeing things that once again, if you consume a lot of social media, you'd be surprised right now at the gatherings you see. And I'm one of those people that is since I'm not a heartless demon, I don't wish. COVID-19 on any of those people. I, I I hope I hope those people did what they needed to do to, you know, rid themselves of the risk of getting it. And I hope at the same time that they're immune to it. You know, I, I don't I hope I don't hope anybody gets it. But yeah, I hope you get out soon, bro. It, I, I, I honestly think that it's 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 cool out here, man. I mean, the weather's nice. It's wild. The weather's nice. I mean, I mean, I've been getting out, but, you know, it's just been going to the track to work out, you know, do some laps and stuff like that. But the most I've been is like into a grocery store and I'm not putting on, quote unquote, real clothes to go into a grocery store. Gotcha. gotcha. So, you know, we'll see. Our, um, the mandate for North Carolina just kind of 
the phase one started on Friday where they started opening um, retail places and we should be fully phased in by the 22nd, depending on, you know, levels of whatnot and whatever. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, man, uh, from what I've been seeing since the beginning of it, I've been looking at it kind of like another flu season. The only difference is we don't have a vaccine. And like I, like I've been saying for months now, flu season usually tapers out around May. And the fact of the matter is, this will this is this looks like it's gonna taper out. But the but the the one ironic thing that is going on is testing is ramping up more and more each week. So a lot of people are gonna see that, and they're gonna have these unrealistic perceptions of what is going on in the real world with an actuality like it's just more testing going on. That doesn't necessarily mean that because people were going out, the more, the positive cases are going up. Like it is very, it's very confusing times. And at the end of the day, if you want to stay in the house, stay in the fucking house. You want to wear a mask and gloves, wear a mask and gloves. Like y'all already know what's up. And if you, if you uh, fuck with the, uh, the Instagram page, check out the NB snippet that we just dropped talking about social distance dating and we basically talk about uh, bang uh, how in uh in uh, Shanghai they have like nice interesting setups for people that are like I would say germaphobes and people that are really hysteric over this COVID shit and my and I and once again like, I think that is cool that restaurants are finding a way to get back open and into business. Jay, Jay said fuck them restaurants, but it is what it is. Before we before we close this chapter you did have some shit that you said you wanted to say is there anything else that you wanted to add though to that yeah because my thought process of where where does it end like say we say me and this person we we're on date we go bowling how does how does that go do you get one ball and that ball's been sterilized do we bowl down different lanes if we go to the movies are we you know is there one seat in between people or actually it probably need to be two seats in between people if you want to get the appropriate distance so that, mm-hmm. that's what my, my thought process went to. It's like, okay, yeah, here we are at dinner. We're, we're sitting adjacent to each other instead of across from each other. And, and, you know, they had the partitions and everything. But, you know, it just gets to the point of where does this end? And to me, it's kind of like, yeah, we can we can do that and enforce it. But as you see, we're not enforcing shit right now any goddamn way. So it is what it is. And... For instance, going into Walmart and pretty soon going to church, they're opening churches back up. Like it's 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 very selective in my opinion, because if I can go to Walmart and I can go up and down the aisles in both directions, or I can go to church and we all hold hands and pray, why why do I need to partition for this date? <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm glad you definitely stopped yesterday because we could have we would have went <laughs> on and on. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna let it be at that. Yeah, I'm a, you you spoke your piece. I'm gonna let it be at that. I just I just hope that you know more and more people just start to realize that I mean <laughs> there's a bigger picture. We ain't seen nothing yet. Like you said, where does it end? We ain't seen nothing yet. So you know, once again, y'all can y'all can continue the virtue signal. Y'all can continue to act like staying in the house is going to to make a, a, the hugest of differences. But when it's all said and done, when y'all get tired of that shit, y'all gonna get out. And I'm going to remember y'all motherfuckers that was acting like y'all just need to stay home. I'm going to remember y'all and I'm going to be trolling y'all. Trust me. I'm going to be trolling y'all. But um, Insert Hunger Games whistle. <laughs> hey, man, but I, I've, I've been I've been doing a lot of, you know, reading and shit over the weekend. Just just cool. And, you know, before we jump into the topics, I would like to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And um. that that makes the segue even even more easier but i was reading an article and the only reason i was even going to jump into this article is because when i posted on the blog i saw that you liked it so i was like oh okay so shit i'm gonna have to assume that he probably read it bet you assume correctly (laughs) this it, it really is interesting um the concept of what i would say in america was if you really look at the American dating system, the institution of dating, we talk about this all the time. What is the primary reason that people date, I would say, after 25? Oh, you're asking me? 
Yes, I am asking okay. you, sir. The primary, <laughs> the primary reason people date after 25 is to find a mate and to settle down and build a home or start a family. Okay, which for years and years and decades and decades, would, would you consider that as the building block to the American dream? Oh, yeah, definitely. At the, okay, even, okay. even before I got out of college, I thought, hey, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be in my career. I'm going to have, you know, my life partner and we're either going to be starting a family or have a family going like that. Th- that's that's the dream. Like it would that circle would be completing around age 25 and then I would just be living it out. OK, OK. Somewhere along the lines, I want to say in the last 15 years a lot of people started to realize that the American dream was something that was more fictional than reality, which that is actually false because there was a time in the Western world where having the American dream was a possibility. Like the American dream was attainable at one point. We just fucked up so much from an economic standpoint that the dynamic of both genders started to train started to change drastically and this is not just something that affected the western world it affected the eastern world as well so i found this article that was titled unmarried and over 27 in china that makes you a leftover woman and like i was like whoo leftover woman that is wild like that term is wild and you know me I dug a little deeper. <laughs> Bro, they call them, in Japan, they call them Christmas cake. Christmas cake? Yes. They call them Christmas cake, and I'm going to tell you why they call them Christmas cake. Well, yeah, because in Japan, Christmas cake has no preservatives and spoils very fast. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, in Spanish, they call them quedadas, quedadas, or quedadas, and I guess that 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 also falls in line with leftover woman, meaning they haven't accomplished the goal of being a mother and married by at least thirty. Japan is twenty six, China's twenty seven. I would have to say in America, it's probably thirty. That's that's just my belief, and I and there there is some in Indian culture. It's an Israeli culture. I don't gotta dig go deeper into that, but, bruh, it was wild to me because, one of the main things that I kept seeing was forced into marriage, forced into marriage, shamed into marriage, shamed into marriage, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I feel for y'all, but, in a sense, I feel like men get shamed into marriage a whole lot more than women. Like my experience, I kind of feel right now, mm-hmm. I feel like men that are single and not married, it, it, they, they're they still looked down upon. They're still looked at in an odd fashion. Don't get me wrong. I can say it's a bit of a plain, an even playing field, but I think that men are shamed in the marriage. But the thing that makes it worse for women is they're shamed in the marriage and children. It's like, you ain't a mama yet. And that's I think that's that a double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I feel obviously I feel for the men too cuz men are expected to be something to me that is unrealistic in modern world. Like in this article they kept talking about independent woman, independent woman and I just in my mind I'm just thinking like okay, y'all, you know, y'all are yelling at independent woman, y'all, you know, y'all don't need no man. So I get it. Like you're not married. You don't you don't have you don't have kids. You're a dog mom now. You're a cat lady. Okay, that's cool. Like those are decisions that you made. And but but the documentary and and, and actually we say a leftover woman, but I believe it's actually Shingu. Shingu is what it's called, but it translates to leftover woman. But long story short, how did, how did you feel about what you read before I start rambling on? Uh, it 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 just the thought kind of made me cringe. Cause I look at twenty seven as being really young to me, and and yeah. and I'm I'm thirty two, so you know that was five years ago. But like I look at twenty seven being really young, and for somebody to be twenty seven, and you're saying, oh well, you're twenty seven, you haven't got married, and you haven't had a, a child yet. You know, you know something's wrong. With, basically, something's wrong with you is, is mm-hmm. the way that I took it, and I was like, that's that's kind of that's kind of messed up. But at the same time, 
I I see where that mindset comes from. I see it with women that I interact with uh, and, and how they get older in age. And even during this, this coronavirus quarantine, everything, you see women and, I, and I'd, I'd even say some men saying, hey, this this single life isn't isn't what it's meant to be. I, I need to get out and I need to find my partner and I need to get on with life because I don't want to want to be in this situation ever again. And so and even when you say that men are more shamed in the situations than women, I think um, I get it because I've been told personally so many times, oh, you're going to make a great husband one day or you're going to make a great dad one day. And, and I, I hear this often. And I'm like, I'm a difficult person. Like, I know that I'm difficult. So for <laughs> me to so for me to reach that greatness it's going to take somebody with a level of patience. And so, and that's a lot to ask out of somebody to be patient with me while I mess up and I, I'm showing my flaws and I'm, I'm going through whatever insecurities that I have. But at the same time, that's something that you find in a relationship. But again, I, I, I kind of think women have it harder because, you know, they'll say, well, you'll say, yo, well, you haven't, you're, you're a good man with a good job and you haven't had any kids. What's wrong with you? I can only control so much of that. Like, yes, a, like a woman can have a baby for the most part. Yeah, for for the for the most part, I can only control so much of what I do, and 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 I, like I, I'm pretty sure I can control marrying somebody and everything. But I can control I can marry somebody and them they not want to want a kid or them be unable to have a kid. So I think the women still have it harder because you know if you're not a mother and you're not married. And you're trying to live by these societal norms and you look around your friend group and they're married and they have kids, that pressure starts to weigh on you. I don't think you and I feel that same pressure when we look around our group. Granted, I'm the only one in the group without any children, but I, I don't I don't feel that pressure to, to have a child before I'm ready, if that makes any sense. You know, what's funny about what you say is you don't feel that pressure from us other men. And I think the thing that is wild about women, and I just want to backtrack real quick. A lot of times when I talk to people, especially young men, about the lives that the lives they live, I always tell men to kind of focus on their purpose and like have you know what's your purpose. And I think that the thing that hit me, the thing that had me rolling with the term Christmas cake, is you may not understand, but you have to look at it like this. A Christmas cake has an intended use. It needs to be eaten during Christmas time. Once it passes Christmas time, it is useless. You throw it out because there's no preservatives to it. Like you're, you're, you. There is no way of really saving you at this point. And when I hear that, it's like, damn. Like a lot of women look at other women the same way too. Once again, like I said, men don't be tripping about they, they single friends not being married. Like Seinfeld said on his last stand-up, it's like, bro, like, I really can't fuck with you no more. You're not married. You don't know what I got going on. We still cool, but we not kicking it like that no more. You're you're you know, you're doing your thing like you're on a football field with pads on. I don't have pads on. We out here going hard. And but there's still a respect there. But I do feel that women tend, women and mothers especially, tend to shame their daughters a lot more. And this is the crazy ripple effect because you have to understand that when the mother is shaming the daughter and the daughter is affected by that shame, the daughter begins to shame the, the man or the, the man that's pursuing her. So that's why I say that men... They get the shitty end of the stick because it's almost like you're shaming me into doing something you really don't want to do. And then we end up in divorce. We end up with kids we really didn't want because you got shamed into doing something you didn't want to do. I'm getting shamed just by you. That's what I'm saying. Like women, women, they get shamed by their mothers. They get shamed by their fathers. Then they get shamed by some of their friends that are married. But dudes out there just chilling. <laughs> they just chilling until they try to pursue a woman. That they probably just they probably just want the cheeks, and all of a sudden the woman is looking like, well, you need to marry me. We have we need to have kids, but the woman is not even genuinely wanting those things. She's like one of these leftover women. Like, and if you watch the documentary, if you don't mind subtitles, you'll realize that a lot of these leftover women they got to the point where they're like they're not finna fold. They like now, nah, like 
I like being independent. I like being financially stable and alone. I'm cool being a dog mom and a cat lady. And at the end of the day, I'm not about to shame a man into marrying me or having my kids. If I choose to to sleep with men, it is what it is. And I mean, so on and so forth. But it's an interesting dilemma, man. Go ahead, Jay. No, I'm just glad that we reached this point because I was I was a little offended that I didn't get to use any hold music last episode, but here is a perfect chance for me to use some hold music. Oh my god. <laughs> Bro, comments dog. Oh shit. I can't even say that shit no more after that article I read. Okay. <laughs> Common sense obviously derives from my belief system. And I honestly believe that if in my heart I am okay with being a lone wolf, being a loner, being a man doing his own thing, there is really it, it, there is no sense of insecurity in me like you I always say that if you're obese, if you're fat, and if somebody shames you into being skinny, that means that you had an underlying insecurity there, and they really just pushed you to being what you really wanted to be because you're insecure because you probably didn't want to be there, and you didn't have that push. Now, if you're fat and you're proud, people can't shame you. It doesn't work. So therefore, there there is no there is no pulling you from A to B, or there is no transitioning from cocoon to butterfly or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I'm good how I am. If Kendall Jenner is good how she is, then all her sisters being happy and having kids, oh well, that's that on y'all. That ain't got nothing to do with her. If you yeah. own, if you own what people perceive as flaws, you're bulletproof. If they, if they saying, oh, psh, oh, you know, there's something wrong with you because you're single, or something wrong with you because you don't have any kids, like I choose to be single and I don't want to have any kids. And if you own that, you're bulletproof. So whatever they say doesn't matter. Oh, you're not fulfilling your purpose on earth. Okay. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of people that, that don't make it to my age. What was their purpose? To live and die? Like every everybody I I firmly believe everybody's purpose on this earth isn't to reproduce. And then some of them, their purpose isn't to reproduce and they reproduce anyway. But that's another story. I'm no storyteller. But I'm the, ready thing, for it. <laughs> the thing about it is nobody determines your purpose. You have to find it because I, I'm, I'm, I firmly believe that I don't even determine my purpose. I just have to find out and figure it out what it is. I think that life is a journey of finding your purpose. And I think I, I picked that from a from an old DMX prayer where he said, um, if, if, if I'm put on this earth to bring people closer to you, my only regret is that I only have this one life instead of two. Damn. <laughs> Oh, that, that that crack be talking. That crack be talking. <laughs> that crack be talking, man. Hey, man, I told you I'm ready to talk about it, man. I I I I I hinted at it last episode. I brought up eugenics, and I'm gonna just break it down for y'all. For y'all don't that don't know what eugenics is, I'm gonna simplify it for y'all. The reason eugenics is frowned upon is because the fucking Nazis. When you hear <laughs> eugenics, you're gonna hear Nazis followed up by it. Eventually, the concept of eugenics, if you being 100, is the controlled breeding of a population. It is people that are actually going out and finding a suitable mate that has the desired characteristics to, that they feel like if they were reproduce with this person, it will bring about the uh, uh, an exceptional being. This is kind of why. You had a society, you have a society of, of, and I hate to say it, you have a society of black men that tend to go for a certain uh, type of women because they want to breed lighter babies and, and shit like that. But then you have women out there that want to have darker children too. That is a type of eugenics because they want to control the type of breeding that they contribute to. Well, in actuality, it can get deeper than that. Really, people should be, go, you know, fucking with people that's like, oh, man, shit, well, you come from a good family. I have conversations with this person. They're highly intelligent. Your family doesn't have a history of heart disease, no cancer in your family, you know, things like that. A lot of positives. But instead, 
we have a society of people that will breed a, a dude will breed with a good a, a chick because she got a fat ass and she twerks tur- real well. He'll a, a girl a, a, a reproduce with a guy because he has he has nine inches, you know, like it's shit like that. Like we've we've destroyed and that's that's very weird because it's because when you think about that oh yeah i'm gonna let him get me pregnant because like what why do you want your child to have this big dick like what what do you want your child to be walking around with a fat ass like what what sense does that make now all jokes aside and no homo but all jokes aside like what you just said that that's what i'm talking about our society, our community, especially, they don't think they think about eugenics. That's why they yell black love. But it goes deeper than that. It's not just about black love. It's about quality black love. If I'm going to get with a black mate, he needs to be a quality black mate. I'm not getting with the, the ex-convict that comes from a from an orphan from an orphanage. I'm not saying that that guy doesn't deserve love. I'm just saying that you're less likely to reproduce a high functioning person in this society if you're just getting with somebody for some physical feature that's going to be passed down to your child that will not benefit him. I that that's why we all like you hear men talk about you hear women talk about breeding with the guy that's six foot. Once again, that's a type of eugenics, but it gets deeper than that. Is this guy six foot and actually athletic? Is he smart? Did he come from a good family? Those are the things that matter. But all they worry about is if he's six foot, he chocolate and, you know, he got nice teeth. But this nigga dumb as a doorknob and his credit score is fucked. So what are you doing? You just breeding with a guy that's finna just bring you into the struggle with him. That is not positive eugenics. That's negative eugenics. And once again, eugenics has this bad stigma attached to it because of the Nazis. But in actuality, if you are reproducing and you are getting with somebody, those should be the things that really matter. Like you should be trying to get with a high quality candidate. That's why I don't knock women that that tend to want to wait. It's just that sometimes biology doesn't favor them waiting. It's just it is just, it's, that is what it is. That's why 26, 27, 28 before 30 is a prime time, because a lot of these biologists, a lot of history shows that it just works better in a woman's favor. It doesn't mean that it's super unlikely that a 35 year old woman can have a high quality child like they, it's still possible. You just lessen the chance, because once again, a guy with highly desirable traits and a high quality man, eventually as you get older and you're not looking sexy and youthful anymore, they're not looking at you. No, no. And, and you're trying to, you try, I don't want to use the word breed, but I really want to use the word breed. Cause the whole time you're talking about Eugenia, I was like, this is selective breeding. That's all it is. It's selective breeding. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, you want to ensure that your child has the best genes. So, you look for somebody that's tall, that's athletic, that's or that's even just naturally in shape. I know a lot of men that don't work out and they just naturally in shape. I don't know what the hell they do, but they just stay naturally in shape. And so you look for those qualities like, you know, oh, your grandparents lived a long time. Like you said, there's no cancer history, no heart disease history. Cholesterol stays in check. You look for these things and Sometimes you get lucky and you find those things early in somebody. And sometimes, you know, you have to wait. But as you're waiting, you're getting older. The woman's getting older. The man's getting older. And like you've said numerous times, a man can can typically go get a, a younger woman more often than not. But with a woman aging, yeah, she may go get a younger man, but it's harder for her to reproduce with that younger man because she's getting up in age. So yeah. they, they really, women really are, I'm not going to say they're at a disadvantage because even though they don't have the majority of the dating market, they still control the dating market and they basically have the pick of whatever they want to. But at the same time, you have to make your selections quick. It's yes, Christ- yes. <laughs> it's Christmas cake. Cause if you wait too long to pick your cake, it's going to spoil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, bro. Like the, the shit is wild, man. The shit is wild. And <laughs> I just, I just hope that, as 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 women and men 
go into these dating markets as they get older that they find these things themselves because i mean obviously the whole world doesn't listen to no boundaries podcast the whole world tends especially the black community they tend to listen to a bunch of bullshit and it's a bunch of bullshit pandering to their delusions and i'm sorry to tell you but you know everybody does i don't care who you are everybody does not age like fine wine like it just doesn't happen that way it's a lot of work you got to put in and besides that, once again, even as a man, you're getting with these chicks that are 5'4", 200 pounds, but when you meet them, they got, they got surgically botched up, and now they're 5'3", and 160, but the fact of the matter is, hey, you're probably going to have fat children eventually because, I mean, it is You're not changing the like, gene pool. Yeah, it, it's not exactly. Like, you, you're... All you're doing is getting somebody that's more sexually appealing. But the fact of the matter is this person is susceptible to cancer, obesity, has has a uh, bad, bad skin, bad hair. Those things tend to matter. But if they do, see Hollywood has sold us this lie, they've sold us this this once again, they pander to delusions because I think at a point in America, they just wanted to basically have more people come into the workforce because if you want to keep it a buck, the more children that are born in America that are born to homes that are impoverished, that have nothing, these children, especially in the black community, the Hispanic community, the first thing that's getting pushed on them is sports and all this other bullshit. Once they miss that, what is next? They're trying to get into the labor force. They're trying to get into, they're trying to be truck drivers. They're trying to be McDonald's store managers. Like, that's all that is happening in this country. This We're, we're bypassing selective breeding or eugenics just to breed with people that we quote unquote love. And then we just throw children out into the world that are almost useless. And they just become useful idiots. That's why we are where we are today. If you actually had a society of geniuses, of scientists, doctors, you know, uh, engineers, then who would go into the military? Who would drive? Who would drive the garbage trucks? Who would drive? You know, the 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 the, U, the USPS truck. Like, and I'm not talking down on those fields. It's just the fact of the matter is the American system is an institution that is set up in a way that works very well. Like, and it's because they, they, they've basically exploited our emotions. They made us, they sold us this dream, especially through Hollywood. They sold us this dream of love. And the next thing we know, we pumping out 10 children with, with somebody we don't really give a fuck about, or we pumping out 10 children with five, six different baby mamas. And these kids just grow up to be little badass motherfuckers. And what happens to them next? They just, your average blue collar worker contributing to society, paying taxes that they don't even know where their taxes are going to. They running around, talk about wear masks, all kind of shit. They just useful idiots. They're NPCs. Say, so, look, I haven't been keeping first half stats, but you got you got at least 20, <laughs> 6 I don't know. I think you got a rebound or two in there. I, I think. I don't know. Like I said, I ain't been keeping stats. I ain't been keeping stats. But that, I mean that, that's a, that's a solid point. Like, as I, every everybody has a position in society, and it may not be the position the position you want, but it may it's the position you got. Like I got a, as much respect for myself and the people that I answer to as when I go through the drive through at Burger King and I get my uh, little sandwich for breakfast or whatever. Like I I respect you because you can put something in my food, you could kill me. I I, I respect my boss because he can say the word and I'm gone. <laughs> like like that those levels of respect always always kind of go hand in hand. I'm not going to talk down on you because you work in the service industry. What no, how does no. how does that make me any better than you? That's your role in society and you play your role well for right now. Maybe you're in the service industry and then you you luck up or your dreams come true and you on American Idol the next day. And then that's your new role in society. You know, you have control over it to a certain extent, but also it's playing the lotto. Straight up Jada Kiss said, "Jada Kiss said it's a, it's a cat up north better than Jordan that didn't get that break." Like, oh yeah, definitely. It it, it, it is what it is. Niggas better than Jordan that got locked up. Exactly. Like, that nigga Jordan Jordan know it. 
Exactly. These niggas, it was niggas out better than Jordan that, that died of cocaine overdoses. Jordan knows it. <laughs> like, I mean, it is what it is, you know. But, but it ended it straight up, you know what I'm just saying, bro? Like, boys know, man. Boys know. And um, the fact of the matter is, man, like you said, this it's a lottery, bro. Like, it's a chance. And sometimes you just don't get you don't get dealt that good hand. You know, and and it's it's sad, but that's a fact, bro. Like a, a lot of shit that you that happened to you in life, bro. A lot of it is just faith, luck, opportunity, chances, right place, right time type of shit. You know, uh, it is what it is. Like it's kind of like you right now. If you were still in H town, you wouldn't have a Waffle House. But guess what? <laughs> I you I know, drove I, I drove by that jump about two hours ago, and that thing was jumping. Hey, bro, you hey, do the right place at the right time. But there's people out there that like Waffle House. They can't eat Waffle House right now because they're not in the right place. Is it is it their fault they not in Charlotte? Hey. Everybody ain't able. Everybody ain't able. Everybody ain't able. But, hey, man, like I said, man, the leftover woman, uh, I'll send you. When you got the link, just make sure you, you put it up. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with that. Sure, Make sure you put sure. the so I, we know people don't read, but um, if you do enjoy reading, I think the leftover woman is a good read. And like I said, I believe if you go into the link, the documentary is on YouTube. That's in there too, and um, it's subtitles, but I still think it's worth watching because you have to realize American women, American men, y'all not the only people going through this, and you have to understand that global the global economy has pushed many societies to the point of women having to work. You have to understand that in the past 15 to 20 years, I just say in the, in the past quarter century, you have to you have to try and understand that we no longer could live that American dream where the man is the breadwinner, protector, and provider, and the mom is the homemaker. That dream died in the 70s. And in the 80s, that was the birth of, okay, Women got to work now and playing the role and, you know, the gender dynamic started to get tougher and tougher. And me and, 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 and people that know me, I'm more of a, hey, if in order to win the game, you got to play it. But I mean, I can't win or lose if I ain't playing it. And that's that's up to you. And I think I think a lot of these leftover women just realize, like, hey, man. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go on a path or a journey that is fulfilling to me and I'm not going to rely on what society contri- uh, considers normal to um, to make me feel fulfilled because that ain't how life's supposed to work. And in all actuality, the way that we are right now, it doesn't really work because to be in that in that society where a woman is a homemaker and a guy you know, he's, he's a sole provider. It takes a lot of sacrifices. And those sacrifices are something that I would say our generation and the generation after us really aren't willing to make. Like, we're, we're, we're used, we're, for lack of a better term, we're used to having things. We're used to having access to things. We're used to running our credit up and, and you know, getting, getting in over our heads a lot. And when you're in that household where you're providing for you, your wife, and all those children... You know, whether it be one, two or however many, you really can't get into things over your head. Because because then things like uh, a pandemic come and you might be put out of work and now Mm -hmm. your bills are over your head and you still have three other people you need to provide for aside from yourself. And so when it comes to situations like that, it's kind of like, hey, I can't get a new car every three years. We need to pay one off and have this one paid off. And, you know, we need to carpool or we need to to eat, eat at home more often, or, you know, you, you have to be more creative with your finances unless you're just, you know, this big time breadwinner and you're bringing in, you know, so much money per, per month and is able to sustain a a different kind of lifestyle, which some people are, some people, Mm -hmm. some, some regular people that I know make, you know, a quarter million dollars a year and they can sustain that lifestyle. But even with that lifestyle, you know, they're not, he's the, the, the guy in particular that I know, he makes a little over a quarter million a year. He drives a Honda Civic. Damn. Okay. Like, and, and you know, for for uh, but he's an older he's an older guy, different generation. Where you know he doesn't need to pull up in the hottest ride. He needs something reliable and dependable. And he probably cashed out that Honda Civic when he bought it. Straight up. So you know, and Straight so up. when it comes to our generation, we're not like that. 
for the most part. You know, the, of course, there's, you know, we don't speak in certainties because there's always a diamond in the rough, so to speak, that, you know, can sustain that lifestyle and who can be a minimalist because I've known a few a few people like that, men and women alike. But for the most part, we're a flashy generation. We're a consumer generation. It is It is what it is. And just speaking on generations, I know the, and you know, piggybacking off what you said, and they're still tying into relationships. Like you said, this guy is a minimalist guy. He's from an older generation. And we know that the older generations tended to look at relationships in a different way. And I think, I still believe that older generations still had a little bit more respect for marriage and relationships, in my opinion. And I was thinking about what we were talking about on the Examples podcast when we were talking about DJ Khaled's situation that he had. And um, I got to thinking about how even though the, the concept of side chick has been around forever, I still think that the concept of side chick is way more romanticized now more than ever. And and I say that because I know for I know for a fact that even when the the side chick song came out, I don't think that that was something that was blasted on mainstream radio loud and proud. I think that that was still like, you know, sort of a black, you know, underground thing. I could be wrong, but I still think that compared to now, when you look at the concept of side chick and then the concept of people being thoughts, whores, dudes just being dogs. Like it just got me into the mindset once again of what we consider like the new normal or normalized. It's almost like when you are on Twitter and you see a post where it's like normalized, 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 normalized. And it's just like, there are a lot of things that have been normalized in the, in the past quarter century that have done us no justice whatsoever. And I definitely would think side chick is one of those. And I would honestly say that even when I was thinking about leftover women, I was thinking that a lot of those women probably are side chicks and they're comfortable in those roles to the point of where they have their independence and they have like that false sense of being in love and having a companion that has altered things a bit. Cause I honestly think that if the side chick role wasn't so normalized or not, and, and, and it's, I say normalized cause it's not accepted. If you messing with a married man and you get caught, everybody's going to drag you. But behind closed doors, I've, I've heard some interesting conversations when women, I, I've had interesting conversations with women where they just straight up say, yeah, I've messed with a married man for like a year. Like, I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's baffling to me that people can say shit like that so casually and not really feel a lot of remorse about it. I, I think, I think a lot of men and women who, who date somebody that's, that's in a committed married marriage or something like that. I think they always justify it by saying, well, it's not up to me to worry about what goes on in their marriage. Like, I don't have to protect that valve that they made in front of the state and God. Like, that's not on me. So if I can get basically the, the, the cake and eat it too, like I can get the benefits of having a relationship without having a relationship, without having the stress and drum that comes with it. I just have to creep around a little bit. A lot of people like that. I, I, in my experience, a lot of people who are unsure about themselves will prefer... Uh, I call them a dead end ship because you know that this has a definite end. Like, you know, this oh. isn't going to go the distance. We're not going to lead into a marriage or a long-term commitment. This will, this will definitely end someday. I don't know when, but I'm going to be okay when it does end. And then when people start talking about leaving their spouses for their side person or whatever, a lot of apprehension comes up because that's not what that person signed up for. It's like, Oh, I signed up to get out of this eventually. And now that you're trying to make this, Take, take me from the side to the main, I'm not okay with this. Number one, I already know how you treat a main, so why would I want to be your main person? Tell him, tell him again, <laughs> man. That's wild to me, man. That's wild. And then, and then number two is like, I don't want you. I just want that relief that you provided me, whether it's sexual or whether, you know, I can have this casual conversation with you and it not be, you know, 
in depth about our finances or in depth about how we're raising the kids or how your mom is a bitch or anything like that. I can just have this fun free, I call it the six week grace period in a new relationship where everything is fun. I can have this for an extended amount of time because you dump all your bullshit on somebody else. I'm just here as a stress reliever and somebody to pet you, rub you on the head and say, yeah, everything's going to be okay and get them cheeks. And now you're, you're telling me that I'm going to have to be the role of, you know, your therapist, uh, your financial advisor, your handyman, all these other other roles. I, I got to be more. I got to be, be more. And I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of people will embrace that role and be like, yeah, you know, she's married or he was married, you know, and I know it, it was what it was. And, you know, when it wasn't any more than it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think the side chick role lasts so long? The side chick and the side dude. Why do you think it lasts so long? I know we've talked about this before, but have you have your has your mind changed to why you think it lasts so long, or do you not think it lasts long? I think I think it it lasts. I think it lasts as long as the person that's that's either that's married or that has the main. It lasts as long as they want it to. The side the side person has no control over it really. Because you've accepted this role of willingly knowing that they have a significant other and that you are the side person who can't call between the hours of five and, and eight in the morning. And, you know, you've accepted this role. So at that point, I have you locked up. Like, yeah, you're going to go do your other thing. You know, you're going to go on dates, whatever. You're going to parade around. You're going to be single or whatever. But if I hit you up and say, hey, I have a free two hours. Meet me here. You're gonna drop everything that you're you're doing and come do it. You're gonna you're under full control. And when when people are in that situation, and speaking from the side perspective, then th- what what do they have? Like I know this is the only time that I'm gonna get with this person, so I have to take advantage of it. And that person's like, I got you. Do I do I feel like seeing you right now? Nah, I know my wife gone with her girls and she's gonna be gone for the next three or four hours, but I don't feel like dealing with you right now. And I know that it's after five o'clock, so you're not expecting to hear from me anyways. I can sit here and play video games. <laughs> I see the main person sees you when they wanna see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> simple and plain. It really is. It is that simple, man. It is that simple. Man, it's I like when you said that it's you say the dead end ship. It's like it's going to end. We don't know when it's going to end, but when it ends, we're okay with it because we knew it wasn't going to last forever anyway, which is something that a lot of people probably never come to because a lot of times it takes somebody having to end it. And like I said, to me, this is kind of a new concept. I mean, to us, it's a new concept. So a lot of us are probably in dead end ships and not realizing like, damn, what's going to happen when this ends? But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, I think if it's all embedded within a friendship, then it is not that bad. Because I definitely had a conversation with somebody the other day and they were just talking about why is it harder to, why is it harder losing a friend? Why is it harder losing a spouse versus, lo- well, no, why is it harder losing a friend versus losing a spouse? I think that's how it was. But I, I okay, because I remember telling right. them, yeah, because I remember telling them, it's harder to let go of the spouse because of the genitals. At the end of the day, like, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, and I think, I'm, and this, I, I just want to make sure I'm saying this right. And I think that they both have their complications. But I think with a friend, it's it's way more unconditional. You don't require much of a friend. You require a friend to be a friend. But when a friend betrays you or disappoints you. You let them go because it's like, you know, it is what it is. We don't have any ties outside of the fact that we're just friends. But with a spouse or a significant other, you have that friendship and then you have those genitals touching. And a lot of times if that if that sexual part of it is, you know, wild and it's great, it's going to make it much harder because that's an extra variable in there that's like keeping you keeping tugging at you so yeah that that's i think that's how i looked at it because uh it's a wild thing so i can imagine that a a dead end ship lasts a whole lot longer because a lot of times it's a decent friendship the sex is there but there's no commitment so there's no need for me to say hey we need to stop this unless somebody 
just happens to like you know get married off or just actually get serious with somebody else which, which happens quite often somebody asked me the other day they were like I, I remember when i was on that live and they were looking at me like you know so you ever been a side dude before and i always tell people like you know personally for me i don't i don't ever feel that i went into a situation like accepting the side dude role like i can only take somebody at a certain time never ever never have experienced that because me personally like if I'm dealing with a woman and it could be a side chick situation, I'm playing a side dude situation. Like I don't actively deal with somebody that I know is in something in a serious committed relationship. Like I'm not that type of person, but if I'm dealing with somebody that may be messing with somebody else, trying to try something, that's a little different to me because I don't know. I just kind of feel like if you're committed to somebody else and y'all are like, an on thing y'all have a y'all have something like serious i just never felt the need to like come and interrupt that i feel like it feels weird and i feel like there's more danger in that too when you're dealing with a married woman you know versus dealing with a woman that's just quote-unquote dating or seeing somebody like the big difference man like you playing with fire when you date when you're dealing with somebody that got a fiance that's married or you got they're cohabitating like that's dangerous, but you get if, killed if, behind that. Straight up, straight up. But if I'm dealing with a woman that lives by herself, it has has a has a has an off and on dude that I ain't never even seen before, then okay, cool. I don't care. But if you're doing one of those three things, I'm gonna move around for my safety. It's not like I want to be the main guy, but I just feel like there's a there's a, a the risk factor is not worth it for vagina. Fuck no. And then in in the the society that we live in today is so sexually charged. So you will have these friends and then it'll be like, oh, I'm single too. I'm single and you're single. And then you start sleeping together, but you're just friends, but y'all are sleeping together. Y'all have no desire to be together, but because the nature of the society we live in today is so sexually charged, you're trying to get your rocks off. You got to get your rocks off. And I, I had this conversation with one of my homegirls the other day, and she she was like, "Man, if I if I wasn't married, I'd be you know single for the rest of my life." And then you know I I kind of took the conversation the wrong way because I was like I was like, "Yeah, it's cool being single and everything like that, but I just can't casually have sex. Like if I'm sleeping with somebody, I've I've built some kind of relationship with them. Like I know, like I care about you." Not, you know, if something were to happen to you, I care about you. If you need something and I can do it, you know, and it's not nothing just fucking bonkers, you know, I would do that for you because I care about you. I'm just not, you know, man, I'm going to dip to the bar. I'm going to pick up me something. I'm going to run through it and I'm going to block her on my way out. Like, that's not the way that my mind works. And she went on, went on to, you know, emphasize that's not what she meant, but just that she wouldn't be tied down like ever again. I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool and, and everything, too. But when you get into a dead end ship, it's like, oh, I can get my rocks off and know that I don't have to commit to this person. I can pretend to care about what's going on, you know, in their life or with their other relationship. And and I've, I've always I've always felt that somebody can tell you exactly what you need to hear, not necessarily what they mean, but exactly what what, what you need to hear. And whether they're yeah. using that to, you know, get something out of you or to just to appease you at the time. People can and will tell you exactly what you want to hear and not necessarily the truth. And I think that's what happens in a lot of dead end ships. And it's like you tell, oh, yeah, she's no good for you. You need somebody that's going to do this for you. You need somebody that's going to do that for you. You know, the whole dirty macking thing. But at the same time, oh, you talk all this good game. Are you going to do this for me? No, nah, I ain't going to do no. it for you. I'm just going to tell no. you. I'm just going to tell you what you need to go look for. But I'm not going to no. do it. Everybody know how to sound real. Everybody know how to make it sound good. Everybody know how to sound real, man. That's 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 easy, bro. But shit, man, it was a couple more things I wanted to get into. But um, we put up a poll the other day about comfort versus magic. I, I don't think that we really just got a chance to really talk about that. It was the one um, using the toilet paper in front of your spouse. And I'm not going to read the whole excerpt, but ba- basically... The question was, do you think it's more important in marriage to be able to feel super comfortable around each other or put energy into keeping the magic in some privacy? And I told you on the phone the other day that a lot of people was hitting me up saying, well, you can do both. And and I just in my mind, I was like, yeah, I respect that. You can do both. Yes, that's obvious. Everybody that's, that's, always trying to hedge. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And, and all I had, you know, once again, I agree with that. But my thing was, I, I said, you have to remember that. 
especially ladies, you're dealing with a man. And if you want a man to do something right, you, you might want to have him do the Michael Jordan or the Mamba mentality approach. You might want him to focus on this a lot more. So if you want this man to, to, to make you comfortable, you better hope that if that's what you cherish more, you better hope that he's putting more energy towards making you feel comfortable. Because I guarantee you, the minute you try to get him to do both and you think that it's going to be equally distributed, like, that's tough. Like, I think that, because I honestly think, because my main takeaway from this was there is pros and cons to both, obviously, and there are pros and cons to me. I mean, most people chose comfort, but I said, y'all got to hope that a person don't get so comfortable that the magic dies because I personally think that the magic is just as important because I hear women say it all the time, the spontaneity, the, the, the desire for adventure and not knowing what's coming next, just being overall excited. I'm like, bro, well, if a person is focused on making you comfortable, setting a routine and giving you an environment to where it's kind of predictable, how can he really make time to just be adventurous to where you're actually going to appreciate it and respect it? Like, I guarantee you he's going to fuck up. Guarantee it. Yeah. That's just my take on that. How did you feel about it? See, I voted I voted comfort because to me, from, from a male perspective, I think we are most happy when we're comfortable. Like mm-hmm. like I told I told you with with uh, my ex like with Sandy I could take a shit <laughs> with the door open and I could talk to her while I was taking a shit and it wasn't a big deal to me but over over the course of our relationship I never knew when she took a shit like I never knew like I don't know if she did it like right before she took a shower or when and and like and that and that's not to say that she wasn't comfortable doing doing it around me or whatever I think that's just you know the nastiness of a man, and and the you know, the the more the re, more reserve the more reservations a woman has, but it's it's like she maintained that magic of you know he thinks I'm perfect he doesn't even think I'm I fart you know like like women don't shit you know how how they say that all the time and here he is you know just barbaric he'll shit with the door open and keep a conversation going on with me, so for me that that was comfortable I was comfortable enough to to do that and have that conversation and but yet at the same time she was maintaining the magic of you know never knowing when that was going on so i guess i guess maybe it's different per gender i don't i didn't i didn't go to the to the uh page and see how the poll results turned out and what the way people voted but i mean to me i prefer comfort i like a predictable routine and to me spontaneity is cool every now and then but for the most part, and I, and I think this is because I'm a type A person. I like everything to be in its place. Yeah. Uh, it was to, it really wasn't gender specific, but there were more women that chose magic. Uh, and once again, and there was, there was there was a man that chose magic too, but it was definitely most people chose comfort. Me personally, even when I think of that situation that you just addressed, like I've been in a situation like that before where I was with a woman that was comfortable enough to do that with me. And I'm going to say something that's really wild, but me personally, I pray to God that I never deal with another woman like that again. Like when you go in the restroom, close the fucking door. I don't want to <laughs> know that you're in the restroom. Don't use the restroom when I'm in there. Like, don't do that because I was born in a, in a world where that's a private thing. I'm not knocking y'all for doing it, but don't do it around me. I just want the girl I'm dealing with. Go in the restroom, do your thing. We're separate from each other. That, you know, that type of shit. For me, the type of comfort that I look at is comfortably sexually. Like, I want them to be comfortable enough to do most sexual things. Like, be sexual. Like, I don't want a woman to be like, oh, I don't want to take my clothes off because I don't like the way my stomach feels. You know, or stomach looks. And like, oh, you know, stuff like that. Like, so I think of it in that nature of like, I don't mind a woman feeling like, okay, you know, I don't have to wear makeup around him. My hair doesn't have to be combed, stuff like that. So, like, I guess my comfort is a little bit lighter. And there are some people that have a comfort that threat. It's a com- comfort threshold. And my com- my comfort threshold is still like some things need to remain private. When you're, you know, moving your bowels, do that on your do that on your own time. Fart on your own time. <laughs> burp on your. Matter of fact, I don't mind the burping. The burping makes me laugh. But like farting. You know, smelling bad, shit like that. Well, once again, I'm comfortable with a woman sweating. Seeing a woman break a sweat, there's some women that aren't comfortable doing that. They don't want you to see them sweating because they feel ugly. You know, and I want a woman around me to know that 
that's normal to me. Like me seeing that because that's not something that's done in private. You're not just going to run into the into the middle of the street and take a dump. But sweating, that's something that you might do running, going on a jog on the sidewalk. You may just be drinking a soda somewhere. You may burp. You know what I'm saying? But like that's just to me, those are normal things. So everything that's natural doesn't really convert over to comfort to me. Like, once again, that makes I sense. like some privacy in a relationship, straight up. But uh, it was interesting. So especially coming from a married man, because I'm pretty sure that that's a dilemma that's still going to bother him to this day. Because uh, it's, it's hard to do both. It can it can be done, but it's hard. But even even coming from from that aspect of, of a more general like I've dated, I've dated a girl that said, "Hey, we fit to run to the store, and she needs to put on jeans, and she needs to put on a blouse, and she needs to put on makeup." And then I've dated a girl said, "Hey, we run on, we're finna run to the store," and she, throw, you know, puts on a big oversized T-shirt and she puts on her slides, doesn't touch her hair, doesn't touch her face, and we ride out. And I much prefer the woman that's just gonna, you know, put her slides on and go than the one that gets dressed up to go to fucking Target, like. Like, cause in my mind, it's like, who are you doing that for? Like, I know, I know women will say, you know, well, I want to look good. I'm on your arm. I don't want to, you know, embarrass you or anything like that. And then it's kind of like, well, what kind of high maintenance man do you think that I am? Because I tell you the truth, if I'm not going to work, I don't want to put on slacks and a button up. If, <laughs> if, if I'm not going to go somewhere that, you know, requires me to, you know, have on jeans or, or the weather permits, like I'm trying to be comfortable. But yeah, I understand there are situations where and times where you need to put on real clothes. You can't be out looking like a bum. But 80% of the time, I am out looking like a bum. Straight up. Like I said, I look like a bum the other day with nice shoes on. Straight up. <laughs> straight up. I'm not going to lie. Even, even, yeah, straight up. Ten, $10 outfit and $150 pair of shoes. <laughs> straight up, bro. Like, because like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I do. But I mean, I'm, reach, I'm at the age right now where like, I'm not going out to pick up ladies anyway. So if I if if I feel like there's a need for me to be like all dapper and shit, I'm like, oh shit, I know a lady's gonna be looking all right, bet. But if I'm like in absolute chill mode, I'm not dressing up, bro. I, I don't have time for it. Fuck it. And I already know for this year, like it's me going out is gonna be very limited because I just don't have the desire to go out, you know, post COVID nineteen. Like if I get out again, it's gonna be it's going to be a while, bro. Like, when I say get out, I mean, like, get out, get out. Because that shit was just meeting up with friends, sitting down, eating and leaving. I wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't at either, either of those places for more than two hours. So, um, yeah, man. But uh, since since we're since we're in overtime, I'm, I'm going to introduce one more topic. Uh, this I, this isolation is really changing people. And I'm more more on the introverts than the extroverts. Like, they're having their panic attacks. But the introverts that, that have been in isolation... Do you feel that it's pushing them more in isolation now that they've seen that, oh, I could be isolated for two months and still function on the bare minimal contact? Like, are they going to start leaving parties even earlier now if they show up at all? I mean, like I said, I've never really truly considered myself an introvert, but I think I relate to introverts more than extroverts for sure. And I think that the weird thing about it is it will probably promote more of them to think the virtual happy hours are cool. They'll probably be fine with limited access. I think, yeah, it will push them to just be like, well, I don't really need to go out that much because because of the fact it's going to be more people in the house now. Like, they're going to actually have more reason to stay home because the people that they may want to converse with, they may have just transitioned over to being introverts by fear now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, either get so germaphobic they don't want to leave the house, which which will in turn turn them into agoraphobiacs. And, yeah, I, I think that it, this is an introvert's world right now. And people all know, everybody knows that every now and then an introvert does seek some companionship and wants to get out and just needs to recharge their battery afterward. But yeah, this would definitely push them deeper into the hole of saying fuck people <laughs> straight up. But uh, I didn't even know we were in overtime. So while we're in overtime, I will say um, today I learned that the only reason the Rodney King beating was recorded was because there was a kid, there was a the person that recorded it had his camcorder and he was going to go watch the Terminator 2 
that same day at the theater across the street. So he happened to have his camcorder with him. So I'm not sure if he was just filming the responses to like what it was like going in or if he was doing like his own little documentary or if he was about to bootleg it. <laughs> but that was my first thought. That, that was the only reason he had his camcorder on him. And that was the only reason the Rotten the King beating was recorded. And secondly, I'd learned also, and I'm sure everybody knows this one, but I didn't because I, I followed this case for a long time. But then I stopped following it. I didn't know that the gun that was used to kill Trayvon Martin was auctioned off for $250,000. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, y'all niggas not tired. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Y'all not tired. <laughs> y'all not tired. That's it. That's all, I'm done. If you already know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm not even. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. not tired. So I'm just throwing those out there. That's about a 20-year difference. But hey. Y'all go, y'all go, y'all go run y'all miles and jog or whatever y'all want to do. Y'all not tired though. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, words of advice, sir. <laughs> I, t- I went ahead and went for 81, bro. I'm sorry. I went for 81, then I got ejected. <laughs> you, you just, you just had to get that, that heat check where you, where, where you think it was Logo Lillard and just had to pull up <laughs> two times in a row. And then you had to cuss out the defense and get kicked out the game. Fuck it. We already up by 30. Fuck it. It's 30 with two minutes left. I might as well make my exit. Shouldn't have kept me in the game. Man, my words of advice are everybody that's listening, look at the clock and see exactly what time it is. And also realize that you will be no younger than you are at this moment. So therefore, everything that you're putting off, everything that you're denying, everything that you're not doing, you're only running out of time. Real shit. Real shit. Real shit. I like that, man. You come with him, man. You be coming with him. That's what I'm talking about. I I, I, I did some light work today, bucko. (laughs) Like I said, I didn't even know we was in overtime. But uh, at the end of the day, man, everybody know what's up, man. Hit hit, Hit the Instagram. We should probably be doing some IG. I think we'll continue to IG live sporadically just because I think that we'll always have a decent home audience for a while until everybody gets tired and starts social binging. Uh, so we'll probably still be doing the um, the social, the, the IG lives. Uh, we'll be doing the examples podcast. You know, you'll be seeing those too. You know, Spotify. Once again, we don't know what the fuck you do on Spotify, but whatever you do, you do it. We don't know how to access Google Play, but guess what? If you got an Android phone, get to it. Um, we do jump on YouTube from time to time and upload shit. If you just feel like, hey, let me look at some YouTube content, we are on there. But once again, man, we're staying busy, and we hope that you're staying busy. And I ain't got nothing else to say, so with that being said. This has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But. Ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?